current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Israeli freedom over Lebanon isn't what it seems. Money in the future will not grow on trees. Record twisters and pregnant transgenders that we wish were a joke. And a church fasting from whiteness is a church that is woke. These are just some of the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, April 8th, 2022. To learn more about our program, subscribe, share, or ask a prophecy question. Just go to the Way Media app or thewaymedia.net, which is the only place where you can read the articles we discuss. And now here to help us make sense of the senseless in the world's news is Pastor Mark, who once had a band named The Books, so people wouldn't judge them by their covers. No? <laughs> no, I get it. Oh, That's, you like that? Yeah, but I mean, I smile. Remember, you, you have to have, yeah. Okay. You have to have that crowd noise or whatever. All right. Or other just okay. silence. Okay. Right? So, but. Well, you know, and that's kind of like, that's a niche joke. Yes. If you're not into music or. It, been in a band you don't yes. understand what covers are yes so yes anyway. greg our announcer's on the loose less than a mic guy sounds like dr seuss i mean you, the, yes. you, you gave a little intro it was oh, great well, i liked nice. your little thing yes. you did that was good yes so anyway, it kind of yeah. sound dr seussy yeah it did yeah yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. good i like it we need but more I, dr seuss I, but it's, it's almost like whenever you pull those jokes over though it's like it's like i don't know how to answer i just smile okay just, I don't, I'm, no they're great they're just fun checking. they're just fun check. but it's kind of yeah. like the things like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say, but no. That well, was, let's uh, get into the intended there you go. <laughs> of our program. <laughs> it's good to have fun, too. It's good to have fun. Yes. All right, let's go to Israel, Pastor Mark, uh, where we go to the Times of Israel, uh, and we see the outgoing Air Force chief is saying that Israel no longer has full freedom of action over Lebanon. Please explain. Yeah, the, you know, it's, again, we always keep our eye on what's happening around Israel because of all their neighbors. And um, this gives me an opportunity to answer another question, too. But notice this. Amakam Norkin says Hezbollah nearly shot down an Israeli drone with an anti-aircraft missile last year, alerting officials to the terror group's new capabilities. Outgoing Air Force Chief Norkin said Israel no longer has unfettered air superiority and freedom uh, of action in Lebanon's skies. That's, uh, that's not good. In an interview uh, broadcast on Tuesday, doesn't mean they can't go there, just not the freedom they had. After a drone was nearly shot down by anti-aircraft missile over Lebanon, about a year ago, Israel realized that Lebanon's Hezbollah terror group had some capabilities that were not previously, or they were rather not previously aware of. Israeli officials realized aircraft were threatened by Hezbollah missiles over Lebanon and decided to reduce the number of surveillance flights. Now, here's why this is important, and it kind of springboards into another issue I want to answer because I've been getting questions about lately. But you know, Israel has to know what's going on around them. They, Hezbollah is to their north. It's Lebanon, Lebanon rather, and Hezbollah is a terrorist group that runs Lebanon. And um, and so you want to know what's happening. So so it's just like with Syria on their um, eastern flank. Um, you know, they need to know what's going on there. So you have all the flights and the drones going into Syria, watching them, the flights going in down to up, up into Hezbollah and down into the Gaza area, the lower area. They have to watch their neighbors all the time because you never know when they're trying to do something to hurt them or harm them or whatever the case might be. And so the fact that they're having to pull back some of their drone activity, what that means you know, practically, Greg, is that. And there's more opportunity for Hezbollah to bring a terrorist attack that you may not catch. So again, I, I don't. I'm, I, I know that Israel's watching their borders very good, but it does change things somewhat with new technology coming in. Iran has new technology; they're getting new technology from Russia, and and basically Hezbollah, Lebanon, they're proxies of Iran. Yeah. So Iran is that's basically Iran on their northern border. Even as Iran now, look at this, surrounded by Iran. Iran's on the northern border. Iran's on their eastern border, 
and uh, in Syria. So, again, you have this whole thing where this just means, um, you know, more of the enemy breathing down the neck of Israel. So we need to keep an eye on that because that's where their their threats come from. But I do want to bring up a point with this because people, uh, somebody asked me a prophecy question about in the last days it says when Israel's dwelling in safety. Mm. that Russia and Iran and all those will come against them, Ezekiel 38. Yeah, unwalled borders, right? Yeah, yeah. Or unwalled villages. Yeah, and and even refers to them, you know, in in Scripture prophetically of living in safety. Uh, And they were like, how can they be living in safety if they have all these enemies? And now we read articles about where they can't even fly their drones as freely to watch and all that. Well, here's the bottom line. Look, it doesn't mean that there's going to be, there'll never be a threat. You know, saying that Israel's going to live in a time of safety does not and cannot mean that their enemies are not going to want to destroy them because they always will because of Satan. Yeah. And that they're not always going to have a threat on their borders. So so it doesn't mean that you won't have threats. What it means is is that they're going to be strong enough. God says when I bring them back in the last days, they'll be strong enough and powerful enough to be able to thwart all the attacks of the enemy, whether it be from the north or the east or the south, all or, or in the Mediterranean, which hadn't happened yet, but any of those areas, you know, which would be the west. So um, they are dwelling in safety in the in the biblical uh, explanation, I would say, because they have a strong military, they have the ability to defend themselves, um, and they're the eighth strongest military in the world. They're listed now as the eighth eighth strongest military. I forget the exact breakdown. You've got China and Russia. I mean, China and America at the top, and then of course Russia is in there. It breaks down from there, but Israel's listed as number eight, and so you know they they are definitely dwelling in safety in that. In the biblical sense of as yeah. much as anybody can dwell in safety. So yeah. I think that's important because I have had some questions about that more sure. than one in the last month or so, a couple of times. So people are thinking about it. But, yes, they still fit the biblical model to be dwelling in safety for the attack of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Well, and if you've never been to Israel, you can look on a map, a detailed map in, in that has measurements on it. And it get an appreciation for how small Israel is yeah. and how close their enemies are yeah. to them. It's, you know, we've used the analogy before. It's like, you know, if you've got a neighbor behind you and the only thing separating your backyard from his backyard is a fence. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what they're dealing with. It's that close. So their military has to be that close. Good. Oh, yeah, and that quick. And that quick. Again, think about, we talked yes. about New Jersey, the size yes. of New Jersey, yes. right? So you have New Jersey here. Imagine all the states, if you, if you took New Jersey and put it right in the middle of the United States and all everybody around it, imagine how overwhelming that would seem because you've yeah. got hundreds of millions. I think yeah. it's something like 500 million um, Arab peoples and others that surround them right there. Yeah. So imagine that's where they are, Greg, and so that you've got to defend that. You've got to defend it quickly. And by the way, Again, for those that are, you know, when you hear the talk about we're going to go back to the 1967 border lines, when you had the 1967 border lines, you had areas, we had seven or eight miles across in in one area. And think about that. You're talking about seven or eight miles across. I mean, you can't stop anything. I mean, that's they're upon you with modern technology and weapons. I mean, you you couldn't breathe. And yet they're pushing for that. You see how insane that is. And why Israel has to say, we can never do that. Well, and I think that also should we should also bring up the whole aspect of Ezekiel and the battle that's going to ensue in light of the power and the intelligence and the effectiveness of Israel's military. Right. The The battle described in Ezekiel is going to be so overwhelming that yeah. I think in in the in the vein of what we're talking about Israel is really going to be paralyzed because yeah. what's going to be amassed at their border yeah. is going to be so unbelievably large yeah. that it's not anything that they're expecting even yeah. though it's written in Ezekiel but they refuse to believe it mm-hmm. that they're they're really not going to know what to do and I think that's you know, part of God's plan, yeah. because God's going to come to the rescue for them and deal with something that they've never had to deal with before. They, they've yeah. had to deal with rushes to their, uh, you know, armies rushing to their border, and and we've talked about the '67 war and in and different skirmishes that have happened that Israel's right. dealt with. But we're talking about an. We, the Bible doesn't tell us the number, yeah, but we can only estimate. You know, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I I don't really know don't either. know. I don't know how to guess. Yeah, you talk about the, the Russian army itself. Yes. Huge. Well, it, well, and the yeah, and then the, the combined Turkish of all army, these countries. Sudanese army, yes. the Libyan army. Uh, you know, and and of course Iran. I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be massive, Greg. Yeah. 
Exactly. So anyway, so it's something to keep in mind in light of when we look at these stories regarding Israel's military yeah. and and how God has blessed them to defend themselves. Yeah. But there's going to come that time when they won't be able to. You're right. That's such a massive thing. Now, they do have in their history where they've been so caught by surprise and they knew God intervened. The Yom Kippur War, yeah, 72. Yeah, Yom Kippur, yeah. Yeah, 67, which yeah. had 72, 72, where they thought they, you know, their enemies That was the had, tank guy, right? The yeah. The tank story. Yeah, yeah. and so what happened, well, the Israelis, if, they're, if you're going to catch them at their weakest moment, catch them, you know, on Yom Kippur, which is the whole day of the year where everybody's off everybody's pretty much shut down yeah you have the military to some degree watching because they're not crazy but they attacked on yom kippur and they came in up there in the golan area the same area that russia and all those guys are going to come in and they were totally caught off guard and that could have been truly greg you know the bible says had it not been for god defending israel they would have been you know wiped out god defended them and that's where you had that one guy in the tank going up and down over the hill shooting and talking to himself like there was a whole group of them down there battalion of tanks or whatever literally held them off until they were, everybody was able to come back from the holiday rush to their military positions get up there i mean it took a long time to to be ready so we've seen god supernaturally defend them in the past and god's going to supernaturally defend them on a much larger scale that same way when these guys invade from the north it's going to yeah. be amazing it is going to be amazing. yeah wow all right let's um Monday, Monday, Monday. get to some one world economy news this is from reclaimthenet.org uh a world government summit is speculating on digital money for full centralized control. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting, Greg. You know, we've talked about it. And, and let me just mention right now, that in the last couple of months, it, this is amazing to me. I guess I've never noticed, I've never heard of the global... Uh, the you know global world summit before until it's this the world year. economic forum is the one we've always had our eyes on right yeah yeah and and we know the bible teaches there will be a one world economy right so the world economic forum when you see that you're going all right right in line with the world you know, economy that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, uh, last days but then you see the world government forum or summit and you're like you know I'm, I'm sure it's been going for quite some time we'll read some i'll read a little bit about it here but the bottom line is is that you know, these are things that are taking place. Let me just read some of the article. Then I want to talk about this for a while because this is huge. Um, it says on March 29th and 30th, the senior government officials and leaders of international organizations gathered 100, from 190 countries met in Dubai for the World Government Summit. The, the participants presented their ideas for a future from different fields. Dr. Pippa Malgren, the, the economist who served as the economic policy senior advisor to former President George W. Bush, made a notable announcement about the relationship about finance and the world order. Notice this, and I'm going to read this quote. It's a little bit long, but I want our listeners to hear it. It, it kind of maybe would have been nice if I would have brought it in, maybe just played the video clip of this. Maybe next time I can do some of that. I don't know how hard or easy that is to do uh, with our certain with our current layout, but listen to what she said. What under, and I quote, What underpins a world order is always the financial system. I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 1971. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. Again, there's a side note. Her father served as a senior aide to former presidents Gerald Ford, Lyndon Johnson, John F. Kennedy, and Richard Nixon. The quote continues. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we're on the brink of a dramatic change where we're about to, and I'll say this boldly. Here's what got my attention. She said, I'm going to say this boldly. She kind of just sits up and really, if you watch the video clip, she said, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting is what we will call blockchain. Now, this got my attention because President Biden, before he went over to this NATO meeting, was talking about we're about to undergo, after this meeting, some major world changes, but he didn't give details. And she comes out and says this, but Malgram wasn't talking about a decentralized system such as Bitcoin. She was referring to central control. We we always talked about that, something that the Antichrist can control worldwide. And there are issues there with blockchain and Bitcoin, although she's going to mention blockchain. There are issues right now they've got to get past where you can't really regulate that. So how they're going to do that. But they're obviously working on it and have a plan behind the scenes, which goes right in line with what the Bible says will happen. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. She added, in my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights Hmm. if we're going to have digital money. Now, they may start out with something like that, but that'll drop very quickly because they're going to control us with this stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but 
What I see are our superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink. I think of moving in the same direction the Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to a better life? I can answer that. The answer is no, <laughs> uh, because that's the only measure whether it really uh, uh, whether a world order really serves. Well, you're, you're about to be shocked. Uh, Miss Malgram. Anyway, for there to be a global digital financial system such as the one Malgram speaks of, the article says, of our, um, governments would have full control over currencies, making financial surveillance and censor- censorship easier than ever. Now, what's so interesting about this, Greg, is that's what's going to happen. There's going to be some type of control. It may not be this. I don't know. I can't. Is this really how it's going to happen? I don't know. A lot of people that are in the know and from what little I've looked at is a certain blockchain technology. You can't just take it and regulate it because as you share with me and, and others, as I've done a little bit of research, it's by its nature, it is decentralized. I mean, you and, and, and it's overwhelming to try to centralize it. So what she's saying is, though, I, she's saying I recognize that you're, you can't centralize what we have now. But the world governments are working on centralizing it in some form or fashion. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Now, this is a good point for me to, you know, because we talk about how he's going to, you know, everyone's going to get the mark and they'll control what you can buy or sell. Um, that's going to happen. And when they, when it does, Greg, the, the level of control that the Antichrist will have, and again, the Antichrist won't come on the scene until we're out of here. But the level of control that the Antichrist is going to have, he can literally determine whether you can fill up your tank with gas that day, whether you can buy a Coke that day, whether your family can pay their bills that day. They can literally control everything you do financially. And like China leading the way, they have this social structure, a social system where if you don't meet the social acceptable norms of what they want you to do, then you lose points and you lose privileges. And it is a system of ultimate control that is freaky yeah. and i'm glad we're going to be out of here before it kicks in well you know speaking of that and not to sidetrack us but to that point of controlling your social behavior um tesla has something going on with their full self-driving that um that has to do with points or credits in terms of your driving behavior in <laughs> order for you to to have full self-driving because Full self-drive, and, and here's what's happened. Who's going to pass you're, that? You're, yeah, I was going to say, here, here's what's happened, because people have tried to push the limits of the FSD beta in Tesla, so they, like, try to hop into the passenger seat and let the car do its own thing, and right. the technology's just not there for right, that. Right. So you've got people that are going to be rogue in the car, oh, yeah. and so you can't trust that they're going to, you know, be right with the machine. Anyway, uh but to the issue of the blockchain technology, it would not surprise me that they, the governments of the world or, or the back you know, channels yeah. of the world have taken the basic mathematical equations or premise of how blockchain works yeah. and somehow tried to find a way to modify it. Mm-hmm where they can centralize it so that wouldn't surprise me they what they for me what they've got to be able to do is they've got to have a way to expedite the transactional process of creating the digital currency that takes so long to create because of the mathematical equation yeah so there there's a lot of you know high level techie, mathy things that need to get addressed in doing that. But, you know, when you think about digital control in general, I'm sure there, there, there'll there be a way that it'll all get worked out. Well, no, Greg, think about the uh, the level of digital, mathematical, and all intelligence of Satan in the demonic realm. What for us could take yes. years, Yes, they already probably know how to do overnight. Yeah. And remember, when this guy comes on the scene, the Antichrist, and he gives him his power, yeah. The world's going to be like, oh, my goodness, yeah. where did you come from and yeah. how did you do that so quick? How did you come up with that? It's going to be demonically inspired. You know, I I think, and then this is just my opinion, just based on how I'm looking at Scripture. Uh, you know, I think the mark is already going to be there. 
I think the difference is, and it's going to be his mark. So, I mean, not to say that, you know, that it's already going to be invented, so to speak, but it, the timeline is so small here for him. Yeah. That's the issue. The yeah, timeline right. is so small. You're right. I, I think at least the foundation of the technology and how it's going to work, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like facial tissue. Okay, well, we've had Kleenex for years, and all of a sudden this guy invents puffs, yeah. you know, and it's got lotion on it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's. I think it's going to be something like that, and then he's going to force you to take the puffs. I think so. I mean, he's, this guy's going to have the power of Satan. He's going to be Puff the Magic Dragon. Yes, he is. Yeah, and so I think, you know, you're going to see. <laughs> he's going to be puffed up, too. You're going to see the, the, the majority. You're going to see, again, a wisdom, I think, Greg, that's supernatural, yes. that's demonic, and people will understand it. You know, it's interesting because if you've ever looked in, and I, I, I delve into some of this stuff through all my articles or whatever, some of the science guys out there and the science articles that talk about these new quantum computers, I think they call them quantum computers. They're, there's a new technology where they can, you know, for example, the computers we have now, you can put in systems that you can't decode for. I forget how long it takes years for the best computers to decode, you know, all of it or whatever. Right. And they said these new, there's a technology now, Greg, in these new quantum, I think they call them quantum computers or whatever, the next jump in technology. They say they can do what it takes our current system years to, to decode in seconds. And, and, hmm. I'm, and I'm reading these unbelieving guys. They're scientists. They're not, this is not Christian science. It's just science stuff. Sure. And they actually say, it's almost as if there's some connection to another world that is really doing this for us. We don't understand how this is happening. And I hmm. wonder, I wonder what the spirit realm gonna, is going to be connected to the technology that we're going to need to make all these things happen. Because remember, they're so far advanced beyond us. And if, if we can, yeah. if we can scare the deepest tribes in Africa or back in jungles with a flashlight. Yeah. Then what can they do to mankind with these angels that have been created by God and have been in God's glory and they have all this power and this wisdom and this knowledge? I think we're going to be shocked at what they can do. Well, the, the, the white paper that discusses, you know, how blockchain technology works and the mathematical equations, well, all of that, yeah. that is the underpinning to it. Did they ever really fully identify who did it? Yeah, I don't know. Again, that's, that's a thing. great. You know, wouldn't that be? Where did it come from? You know, yeah. for all the things that Einstein's credited for, right. and all in 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 Newton, in all of these guys from the past that you know identified some pretty yeah. you know big stuff in our lives, you would think that that from a technical standpoint that you know that guy would be a celebrity. Yeah. But yet, it's it, just kind of showed up, and everyone just accepted it. Yeah. But no one's really talking to the person who invented it. Yeah, it really is. There's a lot of things we don't we don't understand. I think there's going to be a lot more spiritual. And so by to the your way, point, yeah, yeah. And and listen for our listeners out there. You know, I, something I want to bring up at this point too. You know, we need to make sure as believers that look. There's a lot of crazies. You talk about crazy conspiracy theories that are out there, but but don't throw out. You know, the whole thing. Um, there are real conspiracies that will be happening in the last days. They're biblical. When you find something biblical, for example, you may be called a biblical uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory person, or you would have been years ago if you were going to say there's going to be a one-world government. That's not so weird now. Or if you said there's mm. going to be a controlled money chain, you would have been called a conspirator. So you're not, not today. It's very not normal. Not today, no. So, so understand a lot of these things. Here's my concern. Let's be on our toes, okay, prophecy students. You know, let's be on our toes that we don't throw out the Bible because we're worried about a conspiracy theory. We need to say, here's what the Bible says is going to happen. And when we see these, the governments working on these things to realize this is Bible. This is not conspiracy theory. And I'm, I guess I'm, I'm concerned that we may be so afraid that we're going to sound loony or be out there on the fringe with some of the people that might be that we're going to miss real things that come down the pike. And when you see what's going on with the World Government Forum uh, or the World Government Summit and the World Economic Forum, when you see those, listen to these guys. I mean, this is, they're, they're saying what they're going to do and there's legitimate things there. Um, so anyway, I don't want to get too, yeah. too far. I have nothing particular to point out right now. I'm just sure. saying, let's be aware. This kind of stuff is coming. There will be some type of controlled digital money that's going to come out of there. You're going to see more and more technology. It's amazing, you know, Greg, to see some of these guys that have these, that are doing these things now. Like, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the cars, the self-driving cars and, and the whole beta trials that are going on. Look, that's, if, if there's going to be some kind of self-driving beta test, I mean, cause we all drive, alcohol highway makes you drive like a beta fish. You're wanting to attack everybody <laughs> around you. So you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to have any success whatsoever. Yes. I, yeah. How that's going to work, I don't know, but it's yeah. interesting to it, hear about. It is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, let's get into some One World Government news. Um, this is from... I don't know where this is from. Hmm. Interesting. 
Well, I'll read you the title. World Government Summit to host a Forbes Under 30 Forum. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of these, so you'll have oh, to explain yeah. why this is uh, um, prophetic. Yeah, well, again, the, the other one was really more on the digital currency, but it's connected here to the World Government Summit. Here we go now with another World Government Summit article, but this is connected now to just the world government taking over the world. Not, uh, not necessarily you. limited gotcha. to the, gotcha. e- the economy side of it. This is talking about, and this is, Greg, very intriguing to me, because listen to what this talks about. So, yes, they dealt with economic things at the World Government Summit, uh, even as they deal with that, obviously, at the World Economic Forum. But they're also dealing with how are we going to run the world governmentally? Apart from the money, how are we going to run the world? That's what this is about. This is interesting to me because I meant to do some homework before the show on this. I'm going to go back and do some homework, and I, I, I almost... You know, shy away from mentioning this because I don't want. We talked about not going too far in in, in running in directions of you know going w- ways we shouldn't go. But these thirty people that they called in, I'm going to look them up. Who are these guys? Listen to what this article says: The World Government Summit, in partnership with Forbes, will host again Forbes Under Thirty Forum, and it, it took place here on March 29th. That was part of the World Government Summit. In Dubai, um, and uh, the forum culminates in a in a gala dinner where thirty prominent young leaders will be celebrated. Now, Greg, listen, I, I want to say this very cautiously, but uh, you have thirty world I know leaders. What you're, I know what you're going to say. I mean, one of these guys. One could, of these. <laughs> I mean, he could be the Antichrist. Now, here's the thing. What? Are, listen again, prophecy people. What are we to be looking for? Are we to be looking for the Christ, or are we to be looking for? The Antichrist. We're to be looking for the Christ, not the Antichrist, because he won't be revealed until we're out of here. However, it is interesting and intriguing that they pick these 30 people they say are prominent, young, celebrated world, future world government leaders. Now, it might be that I'm not saying he's a part of those 30. As a matter of fact, if nobody's going to know, probably God left him out of that just to make a point. But I find this intriguing. Anyway, now everybody else is going to be looking these 30 guys up. That's okay. I'll end that quote. For the past 10 years and more, the Forbes under 30 list has defined our leading change makers innovators, and young talents in key sectors of industry globally, said Mohammed al-Gurgawi, chairman of the World Government Summit. And uh, now the World Government Summit is bringing those leaders to Dubai, or did already, to take part in the Forbes Under 30 Forum, an opportunity to come together to define new futures and new approaches to our human challenges. The Forbes Under 30 list spotlights top global young leaders, entrepreneurs, Industry figures under the age of 30. Remember, anybody above 30, you can't trust. I'm I'm just kidding, but that's what the young people think. Anyway, um, in 20 categories, each year, over 15,000 people are nominated for the award. But only 30 make the cut. The Under 30 list is a 365-day global platform elevated by live summits in the U.S., Asia, Europe, and the Middle East, a robust community on social uh, and supported by major brand marketers who tap into its power to fuel their own business. So this yeah. is intriguing to yeah, me. Th- this is uh, this is over a wide swath of categories, whether it's uh, energy, art and style, enterprise technology, venture yes. capital, healthcare, science, games, manufacturing. It's yeah. it's a wide. It is you know. interesting, though, isn't it? I'll tell you something. But, else. I'm, but I'm looking for a world ruler. Uh, category Um, and i can't find it but but if if it's there you're right that could be our guy yeah that would be the guy right but here's something else that's intriguing greg again uh you know the bible talks about in the last days babylon running the world so to speak yes well you know there have been speculation will literal babylon be revived is it just a picture of babylon as far as a picture of how babylon ruled the world and the demonic forces behind it could be either or both I don't see how we have time. I've always you don't have time to build Babylon by the time the Lord's going to come back because it's all happening so fast. We always thought of Vatican. We looked at Vatican Vatican City, right? Vatican City is but a you, possibility, right? But you look at these new, this new city they're building there in Dubai. You see, look at all these centralized things of the world government coming out of Dubai. This Arab, this that's near the Babylon region. And you wonder. You wonder. There, there. I mean, there's a lot of things happening that this could be the centralized Babylon picture that we've been looking for. I don't know, but either way, we know. Apart from the details, we know that there's going to be that system. It's going to be economic. It's going to be governmental. It's going to control the whole world. And um, man, things are happening really, really, really fast. And it, it's weird. It's like used to you heard these things, and you're like, man, that's so far away. Greg, I hear this stuff now. And I go, you know what? They could just pull the trigger and make the world do it. You made the comment before we started about how can so few people run the whole world. And the thing that struck me is, yeah, it's going to get down to one. And it's <laughs> yes. happening fast. You think, how could it happen? Here's how it happens. It's not by politics. It's not by this, whatever. It's by the enemy. It's by demonic forces. Yeah. And the Bible says Satan, when God lets him, 
when God removes that restraining power that yeah. restrains, it talks about in Thessalonians, it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, I think we're watching it take place. We are. Uh, you are listening to Signs of the Times on WIAMLP Knoxville. That is Pastor Mark Kirk. I'm Greg Hilt. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break from our articles to get to some listener emails. One this week, Pastor Mark from Vincent, who enjoys Signs of the Times in Southern California, yeah. or as he termed it, Commiefornia. <laughs> Those are his, that's what he types. Yeah, first, what he put yeah, in there, yeah, so yeah, it's not yeah, our words, yeah. it's his. Sadly, I'm sorry. So, sadly, sorry you live out there, sadly, Vincent, but, sadly, but you're Vincent, needed yes. out there, man. Shine your light. Yes. Uh, his question is regarding war players. Yes. Uh, he says, in regards to the Ezekiel War, it speaks of a leader named Gog, who will come down against Israel. It labels nations who will be against Israel as a whole. Is there any significance to this prophecy in regards to the Russian-backed Wagner or Wagner army, depending yeah. on how that's pronounced, as they do not have a country flag to fly? Yeah, first of all, who is the Wagner or Wagner, or Wagner, however Wagner, you say it? Uh, yeah. I, I, when I think of Europe, German, I always, it, yeah, yeah. it's German. I can't help it. Yeah, anyway, I'm German. That's oh, yes, so. okay. You're, you're, are you German? Yes, I am. Are you really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so but again, who are these guys? They, they, just, you know, very small. This is a uh, mercenary group, about 400 people supposedly involved in this mercenary group. It's an ex-Russian soldier led by uh, a guy by the name of Dmitry Yutkin, uh, formulated in 2016. And, and basically, it's kind of like a private... Uh, military, a private mercenary army for Vladimir Putin. Apparently, he's connected to them, and he hires them for special jobs or whatever. Uh, technically, legally, they don't exist, right? Yeah. But then again, people say, yeah, they do, and here's who they are. I do think that these guys are there, and and every nation, every leader, you know, that probably has their, especially those that have nefarious uh, purposes in their yes. hearts, have these kind of people that work for them. But no, I don't think, uh, Vincent, this isn't going to be, this isn't a large enough group to really play into the GOG, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Russia may use them for something, but you're talking about 400 guys. We're talking about multiple armies, five major armies that we're talking about. you got uh, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, uh, Ethiopia. I'm sorry, Sudan and um, uh, Libya. And and this another's joining. These are major armies with, with probably yeah. hundreds of thousands of people coming against yeah. Israel, etc. And and so could these guys be used as some special force to go do something? Maybe, but no, I don't see them having anything to do really with no. this whole Gog thing. But I think that's good to address because I know these kind of questions are out there. I think you know keep the main thing the main thing as they say. We're watching for the Russian army with the Iranian army with the Turkish army, the Libyan army, you know, with the Sudanese army. And those that are going to be coming together against Israel there on their northern border, those are the guys that are going to be used in the Gog invasion. Yeah, and these are ancient armies in terms of from ancient countries that yeah. Ezekiel describes, and Wagner or Wagner is not in yeah, there. Yeah, and, and again, he, yeah. and again, a good point to bring up yeah. there is, remember, these are regions. You know, regions, we now, yes. Some, some of yeah, them we still point. have the names yes. for them, but That's I mean, true. they're really regional armies from those areas, which, by the way, kind of goes right in line with our whole discussion we had a few weeks back about regional demons. And you see some of the same things mm. happening in the same areas, because I do believe yes. that the fallen demonic realm, Absolutely. the Bible says they're broken up like an army with Satan yeah. and They have regional demons that control certain areas. And yeah. so generation to generation, you'll see some of the same atrocities and same approaches because it's the same guy yeah. running it who's a demonic spirit that's eternal. Yeah, the engine for that is First John 5.19. Those that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway or the influence of the enemy. Right. And so that's really what you're seeing played out in terms of on the spiritual battlefield. Exactly. That's why you see the same stuff going on in Syria for all these years. The yes. same stuff going on down in Gaza. Look, you see the Gaza Strip. That's the area of the Philistines thousands of years ago, and they were always troublemakers. They're troublemakers today. I don't think it's necessarily everybody's training their kids in the way of the Philistines and keeping it going. I think what it is is you've got demonic spirits that, for whatever reason, God allows to have certain sway in certain areas, and um, they're causing the same kind of problems, and there they are. So it's just kind of how it is until the Lord comes back and squelches it all. You know, that's an interesting point. Before you gave your life to the Lord, did you give one shake about the Jews at all? I really did didn't you really think care? about it. No, I didn't. Here's the thing. I didn't dislike them, and I didn't necessarily... I didn't, when I say I didn't like them, I, it, they were the same as every human on the planet. I, I, I didn't have anybody I didn't really like. Right. There's all kind of the same thing. So the Jew was the same as the American, the same as the, you know, whatever, name it, same type person, right? But, so I didn't know. But once I got saved, that's when that love came in, supernatural love. It, before Christ passed a mark, did you ever have just this unprovoked hatred for somebody or a people group and you really couldn't explain it? 
You know, I'm, I know some people experience that. I really didn't. I mean, I, I can't think of any. I mean, I'm kind of a laid back, melancholy personality. I didn't really have anybody that just really, oh, I just don't like those people. I never was. That was. I know that's normal. That can be a part of the flesh apart from yeah. God. But I can't really think of anything like that in my life. I just I never I was kind of neutral. Okay. You know, but I know a lot of people do. I know that's what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people do have a hatred that don't know the Lord. They have a hatred for the Jews or other groups of people. I think especially the right. Jews oftentimes yes. because it's spiritual. It's spiritual. And yeah. Satan hates them. And so Satan stirs people to hate, you know, the people that God yeah. has made these promises to. So it's, it's a, a, a point well made. But I don't I don't can't think of, you know, maybe there was something okay. that I don't remember, but nothing stands out. Just interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to some pestilence, plagues, disasters and corruption. It's our smorgasbord of everything disgusting. Yeah. Uh, this is from foxweather.com. Busy tornado season is setting a record with nearly 250 twister reports in March alone. Yeah, and we're going to see more and more of this um, with these kind of events. You know, when the Bible talks about creation, you know, groans or creation groaning. Um, because Greg, as we head into the last days, again, let me just read you the first, uh, Romans 8.22, for we know the whole creation groans and labors mm. with birth pangs until now. And that's what you're seeing here yeah. in these tornadoes. It says, following a relatively quiet January and February, uh, in the severe weather department, March kicked the door wide open to start the nation's severe season. The U.S. tallied 1,382 reports. You'll see why this is significant in a moment. Of severe weather, okay, which includes tornadoes, damaging wind, large hail in March, which is above the the long term average of twelve hundred. So you're talking about a thousand, you know, um, over a thousand more uh, events happening here. Um, well, twelve hundred. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. Over. 182 or so more. Don't trust my math. I have to go back. Over 100. 182. <laughs> this is not a math show. No, but 182 more. I can at least figure that one out. Okay. <laughs> 182 more than normal. That's huge. You're talking about yeah. 182 more severe weather events. Yes. Think about that. About a third of all the days this month saw above average severe weather activity, with five of those ending with more than 100 storm reports. The most active day was the 30th, which saw 247 reports of severe weather, including an impressive guess if you're who you're trying to impress 197 reports of damaging wind alone now understand this there's always been tornadoes there's uh, there's always been hurricanes i just saw again we don't have this article but uh, they're predicting massive amounts of hurricanes way more than normal here this coming year now why is this happening again listen to me the world's going to tell you it's climate change uh it's it's because we're drinking out of plastic straws or whatever we're doing we're not kissing (laughs) enough dolphins yes has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with that here's the bottom line the Bible says, as we saw in Romans 8, in the last days, the earth is going to groan for the return of the Lord, even as we do. And in that groaning, you're going to see disruptions, hurricanes, tornadoes, um, all these things will be taking place because the earth is getting ready for the return of the Lord. And again, it gives us a picture there. It speaks of birth pangs. The Lord spoke about the last days as birth pangs. Here's the bottom line. You can't have a baby without contractions and you can't have a baby without some pain. Now, the good news is we do have a spiritual epidural, and that is our hope in Jesus Christ. The trust mm. we have, the promises that we have, that lessens the pain. That makes it more of a... And actually, you know, with the epidural, you can actually get a little bit of spiritual epidural. You can get a little bit excited about the coming birth because you know you're not going to suffer as much. You know, there's, there may be suffering. There may be pain. I get that. Christians have suffered that throughout history, right? But we've never suffered God's wrath. We suffer Satan's wrath and man's wrath, but not God's wrath. The last days are going to be God's wrath. So God says you're going to go through some of that. I get that. But we have to realize it's not going to be like the world is dealing with. And um, But we're going to see more and more of this. Just have the understanding. It is not because we're changing the climate. It is the earth saying we're about to have a baby. And yeah. it's, the, it's the birth of the new kingdom. Jesus Christ is coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I like that spiritual epidural. Yeah. Well, we need it. You know, it's interesting. It's Greg, true. My, well, I like I, that. well, it's funny is I, I, I am, and I don't think she'd mind me sharing this. My, my a, a family member, you know, had a, had a baby here last week, not, not one of our kids, but somebody connected to the family. And they were like, we're going to have this natural birth or whatever. And they're all geared up to do it, getting all fired or whatever. <laughs> and it was like a few hours into it. It's like epidural, you know, it's like, and then they get a picture of them smiling saying, yeah. I love the epidural, you know, whatever. So, and I want to encourage our listeners out there. I think a lot of believers are panicked right now. This is a good moment to encourage the listeners. Look, God doesn't promise that we won't suffer. Again, as we said, Christians suffered throughout time. 
But you have to understand, our suffering is different, and that is God promises to give us strength. He promises to give us his Holy Spirit, and he promises we won't be here for his wrath. So in that picture again, which stuck in my mind about her epidural, that's why I bring up the spiritual epidural, we have to go through the birth pangs of this world, Greg. But you know what? God is going to lessen the pain by the power of the Spirit and going to give us what we need, and we can rejoice in that and take hope in that. You know, the, the needle that administers the epidural is Bible prophecy. Yeah, that's a great point. It, it really, it really is. That's because, a great point because there could be a lot of people listening to this that you know are to- at total peace because they see what's going on right. and they see how the Bible told us these things would happen. That's right. But then they've got friends that they know are Christians. They know they've given their lives to Jesus. Yeah. But maybe the church that they're in or whatever, they've never taught prophecy, they avoid prophecy, whatever the case may be. And you're watching people that should have a peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, yep. and they don't, and you're like, okay, well, I know you know the Lord, so how come you're all tweaked out about this and all fearful, yeah. which fear is not from the Lord. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's exactly right. So it could be because they are missing the prophetic component to God's word, which is one-third of the Bible. You know, Greg, you couldn't have said it better, and and, and, and this is interesting. In the faith department today on World News Daily, we don't have this article, because it, but it ties in right now. Let's mention the headline. Sure. Don't, yeah, yeah. I'll, again, we probably won't put this on our articles, but if you listeners want to go to World uh, News Daily, you can find that under the faith department. Listen to this headline. This grabbed my attention today, which is funny you brought that up. It says, huge number of evangelicals think Iran will use nuclear weapons and wipe Israel off the map. Mm. Now, that is a total lack of knowledge, knowledge of the Bible. Of God, God's word, yeah. That is a total lack of knowledge. In other words, if this is true, you, and this is a reputable site, yeah, you yeah. have a huge number that they've done surveys on, because yeah. that's the kind of site that does the surveys. They go out to the churches. Yeah. Huge numbers of believers, they honestly believe something that is incredibly false, that the Bible declares is false, and they're living in in, in worry and concern about yeah. it when we rejoice. Right. They really believe that Iran is going to wipe Israel off the map. Iran will not only not wipe Israel off the map, God will wipe Iran's armies out. He won't wipe Iran off the map, but Iran's armies out with Russia's armies and all these others when they attack Israel. So we know Israel will have the victory. Israel will remain. They're not going anywhere. God's going to come back, pour out his spirit on them. They'll be saved they're going to be here when jesus comes back in the second coming so so we can rejoice in god's future for the nation of israel we can rejoice in knowing that god's in control and there's a huge number now why do you think greg there's a huge number of the church that think that's going to happen because they're not reading the bible they don't have their spiritual epidural you're exactly right they have no idea they they see all these things they the groanings the pains and they think they that it's going to be something that has to be endured false no god promises you need to know prophecy that's a prophetic red herring yes it is and so people are going to stay focused on that yeah. and not focused on what Ezekiel says is going to happen. Yeah, right. Anyway, and there's yeah. lots of those that we've encountered over the years, these red herrings, where people go down these prophetic no. rabbit trails thinking that something's going to happen, and the Bible really doesn't point us in that direction. No, they're wasting their time yeah. worried about something, Greg, they shouldn't worry about when prophecy would tell them. Here's another one. There are many Christians right now that, oh my goodness, we're going to go through the Great Tribulation. No, you're not. If you know your Bible, look, you can argue whether or not it's at the beginning or the middle. I I, I don't think it can be anywhere but the beginning, or you're going to go through some of God's wrath, because God God's wrath begins at the beginning. God begins, the seals begin to be open at the very first when the Antichrist signs. So here's the bottom line. Although the worst of the tribulation is the last three and a half years, the entire seven years is the great tribulation. Jesus promised, the Bible promised, God promised that you will not go through the wrath of God. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 9, you've not been appointed the wrath of God. So if you know the word of God and you know prophetically and biblically that we are not going to go through God's wrath, you know you will be gone during that time. It's not trying to escape or get out of anything. It's rejoicing because we know the word of God. God's the one that wants to take us out. That's right. That's I mean, right. Not that we don't want to go too, but God's the one that told us, yes. I'm going to take you out. Yeah, and, and let me encourage you again, our listeners, that those of you that are worried you're going to go through the Great Tribulation, you are not. God promises you, you've not been appointed God's wrath, and it is a time of God's wrath. Now, will you suffer Satan's wrath? I was Maybe. just going to say, we're currently currently experiencing the wrath of Satan and the wrath of man, and go. that's for the whole world. And 
Christians are not excluded from that. that exactly. That's why Christians have yeah. been fed to the lions, tortured, crucified exactly. throughout history, because we suffer man's wrath and Satan's wrath. I'm not saying that, you know, people that you're trying to escape, listen, I'm not saying that, I, that we don't go through suffering. The church is appointed to suffer. As a matter of fact, it's an honor to suffer for the name of Christ. It may not feel or sound like an honor, but when God gives you his power and his spirit, the moment you have to suffer, it's going to be an honor and a joy. Can you imagine going into God. the kingdom, suffering for Christ that way? And once yeah. you got there, the joy yeah. you'd have, yeah. for, I gave my life for Christ. Well, and not only that, we don't. We don't say that it's an honor. The Bible tells That's us right. it is. That's right. That's We're not right. making that up to make ourselves feel better about going through something bad. That's right. It's because God says it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I guess my point there is I want is this is not trying to get out of something because we're afraid of it. Right. This is not to say that Christians don't suffer. What I'm saying is the wrath of God begins day one when the Antichrist signs that treaty because the seals begin to be opened. And now the world's going to think he's the hero and you're going to have three and a half years of everybody rejoicing. But God's still opening the seals and God's judgment has begun on the earth. Right. We've got to be out of here. I, I believe that with yeah. all my heart. The Bible says we're not appointed to that. So I think we're going to be gone because God says we don't suffer his wrath, yeah. which is different than Satan's wrath. And so we don't need to be panicked about huge numbers saying Israel's going to be destroyed. No, we know the Bible. They're not. You don't have to be panicked going, oh, my goodness, I've got to go through the Great Tribulation. No, you don't. Yeah. God has promised he will deliver you. And again, in the in the church of the, of the rapture that it talks about in Revelation, God says, those who believe in me and trust in me, you can escape those things that are coming upon the entire world. We're going to escape them by as God takes his bride out of here. So yeah. let's rejoice. Yeah. Amen. All right, Pastor Mark, this is from FirstReporter24.com, and this is this this story is tied to another story, I think, from the Daily Mail. Yes, both is, of these are both tied. Of these yep. in there. Um, the title of this article is, UK Hospitals Are Now Being Encouraged to Ask All Men Under 60 If They Are Pregnant Before Getting Medical Procedures. Yeah. Uh, explain. Well, again, this is amazing because of all the, uh, the, the wokeness, if you will, and all the, um, uh, you know, as far as trying to fit in with the culture and the things of the culture, they actually now in the UK, uh, are actually, you know, looking at, they ask everybody 60 and under now, are you pregnant? The men, they're asking the men, are you pregnant? And again, it's the most ridiculous thing. It's, it's really rather insulting, but because again, we know with the transgender and all the things they're saying, maybe you're really a woman, but you're saying you're a man. And so you might be pregnant. And, and it's that's like, tied to that sexual assault story that's that from the Daily Mail that's referenced in there. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly so. And even the next story, again, the, the Greg, the next one there, um, number nine, the Waypo, the headline of that. Go ahead, let's jump into that. That's the one I'll read some from because it's not just over in the UK. It's happening here. Do you not have the article? No. Oh, you know what's funny? I don't have the one you just read, and I've got this one. There were two articles added, and apparently we're, we're sharing. I'm telling our notes on the air. It's funny. I didn't have that article, so I didn't read any of it. I didn't have it. Uh, but now I've got this one. Here's another one tied to that. Listen. Okay. And, and this is, listen, the reason this article's here is so you know it's not just the U.K. This article's tied now to the U.S. Listen, this is from Washington Post, New York Times, and CNN. Continue erasing women when reporting on pregnant people amid pressure from the far left. This is from Fox News, okay, uh, April 5th, 2022. More legacy media outlets have employed the term pregnant people, okay, in their reporting <laughs> uh. when referring to pregnant women in language that matches the Biden administration, including the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC has repeatedly referred to pregnant people rather than women since the president, uh, President Biden took office and the White House Secretary Jen Psaki also referred to uh, the pregnant and postpartum people at the briefing podium. The trend is picking up in the press. Uh, it's basically gender erasure, and they're only using, again, you know, pregnant people, etc. says more effort is being placed on defining gender than it is taking away from the true gender-related issues, such as maternity mortality rates, gender-related cancer detection, and mental health issues, etc. So you see the U.K. saying everybody now that comes in that's a man 60 and under, you've got to, they got to ask you if you're pregnant. And, uh, and then now in America, we're saying, all right, all the pregnant people... Uh, we need to address them now as pregnant people rather than women. And even as you know, Greg, this recent Supreme Court justice well, I was just would say just, we're not biologists, Pastor Mark. So how would yeah, we know? They literally said she couldn't answer the question. The View said they, she couldn't answer the question. Uh, Jackson on Brown what, on what a uh, defining a woman? Yeah, because she wasn't a biologist. Yeah. Listen to me, America. You don't have to be a biologist to tell a man and a woman, a little boy and a little girl. You can tell that at birth by simply looking at that beautiful little naked body when it comes out and starts crying and you get to hug it for the first time. You don't have to be a biologist. You just have to have eyes and have brains. It is amazing how foolish and how self-blinded people become when they reject God and his word. And, and literally, Greg, they literally now just deny reality. 
reality. Yeah. And and now people wonder how could how could the whole world come under one world leader and acknowledge him as Here's God? How. You're looking at it. Man becomes so foolish and so blind. They're actually going to believe that a man who shows up and says that he's God really is. Uh, when we know that only Jesus Christ was the only man that did that, and the Bible makes that clear, they're going to believe this guy is, and they're going to follow him. Might I say blindly? Yeah, that's true. Amazing, wow. amazing, amazing. All right, let's go to the church. Uh, we need is, to be going to church. We need to be going yes, to church. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, this is from Fox News. This is a Chicago church, I guess, in the suburbs, maybe. Uh, Fasting from whiteness during Lent. Oh boy! By ditching hymns written by white people. Now, now this should just immediately—they're literally getting away from anything to do with hymns by white people. Let me read some of this, and it's going to be so abundantly evident why this is so wrong. But, but let's point it out. The church has also reportedly erected a sign promoting the fast out front. A church in suburban Chicago told parishioners it will abstain from performing any music that is associated with white people during the season of Lent. That means anything associated with um, Jesus Christ or his followers. I know they sang uh, certain psalms uh, during the um, uh, you know Passover night and all that. We have to disassociate. So, uh, And I quote, in our worship service throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people. The website for the First United Church of Oak Park reads, Our music will be drawn from the... Um, our music Sorry. will be drawn from the African-American spirituals tradition, from Southern African freedom songs and Native American traditions, many, many more. First of all, that's great. I, I'm sure, great. Well, what I'm was sure. the name of this church again? The name of the church is the First United Church of Oak Park. First United yes. Church. Yeah. yeah, causing so much division. Yes. But listen, you can't wait. I mean, you can't wait. You can't imagine. Look what they're saying. The statement continues, and I quote, For Lent, it is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines, we may grow as Christians. United in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. How oh blind my. can you be? They're saying, we want to unite everybody, but we want to exclude white people, have nothing to do with them, because whatever the case oh, might be. According man. to a report, by the way, this is, and let me be, this is a, a, probably, I think, a white church. They have a white pastor. It's a white pastor. So this is not, yeah. this, you, know, you would think in your mind this may be a black yeah. church. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. This is a white church, no. white pastor. No. According to the report from Turning Point USA, the church also erected a sign from promoting racially charged Lenten fast, saying, the racially charged Lenten fast, saying that it would be hosting worship services around the voices of black people, indigenous people, and people of color. Again, I have no problem with that. They're missing the point. The church also reportedly promotes reflections that it calls evotionals, which have supported the idea of fasting from whiteness. How do you fast from whiteness? Listen, here's the thing. Is the pastor not going to show up for this because he he needs not to? Again, this is a total... It shows you again. Let's get back to the point we made in the last article. A total denial of reality. If you're white, you're white. If you're black, you're black. If you're any color in between, that's the color you are. You can't change that by fasting. You can't be... God made you that way. That's who you are. And it's amazing. This is being used... They're talking about uniting the church. It divides the church. This is so anti-Christian anti-Jesus, that it should be glaring to our listeners out there and our watchers, if you will, even yeah. on streaming. This is the opposite of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if Jesus walked on the earth and said, look, we're not going to have anything to do with the uh, the Arab peoples. Uh, they can't be a part, only the Jews, or we can only have a part with the Arab peoples, not the Jews, or anybody else around the globe. Leave the Romans out. The Romans can't be a part of this because of whatever. This is so anti-Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What about the Good Samaritan? Yeah, I just, the whole thing, Greg. I, I mean, the Samaritans were a people group uh, that, you know, were despised. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, anyway, just, well, James 2, 1 through 4, I want to read this. Listen yeah. what it says. Here, this is a great picture. Now, he's referring to those that are rich, but but get the principle here. It's dividing the church up in different people groups because of who you want to be friendly to and who you don't. Listen to what, what James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. They're holding it with partiality against white people. Right. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, there should also come a poor man in filthy clothes, and and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes. In other words, you acknowledge one, but don't acknowledge the other. That's the principle. And you say, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Here's what they're doing. This is what this church is doing right now. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves, believers, whether they be black and white or any color is the application, and become judges with evil thoughts. This church are judges with evil thoughts by separating the black and white community. We are the body of Christ. And I'm going to say it again. It does not matter what color you are or what ethnic group or what background. 
We are one in Christ. He died for us. We have one color that we're concerned about as Christians, and that is the color of his blood, and it is red. And he spilled it on the cross for everybody listening to this broadcast and everybody across this globe. And anybody that comes is welcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what unites us. And so this kind of stuff just drives me crazy. I know. How Satan has it's gotten from the into church, the church. When it comes from the church. Again, it's one thing if it's the world. Yeah. It's in the we church. Expect that. And this stuff is dividing the church. It is demonic and it's evil. And again, I think Greg might even play into the last days falling away. Dividing the body oh. of Christ or to come together and be truly united. This absolutely is part of the great falling way, the apostasy, absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, we could use some good news, Pastor yes. Mark. let's have some. All right, let's have some. This is from ChristianHeadlines.com. Prayer makes a difference. The Ukrainian-American pastor was kidnapped by Russian forces is now released. This is great. As you said, from ChristianHeadlines.com, a Ukrainian-American pastor who was recently kidnapped from his home by Russian forces has been released his family confirmed. As Christian Headlines previously reported, Pastor Dmitry Badyu, hope I'm saying that right, of Word of Life Church in Melitopol, was taken by about 8 to 10 Russian troops on the morning of March 19th. On Monday, however, his wife, Helen Badyu, announced that he had been set free and returned home. Imagine the rejoicing. Again, even the way she says this, I can hear her heart in this. Dear friends, Thank you for all, so much uh, uh, of your prayers. Demetrius home. He's doing well, wrote Helen on Facebook. Thank you for your participation, for your concern, help, and love. God is good. Praise the Lord. No kidding. Amen. Yeah. Amid his release, Badu's family in North Texas has been unable to contact him or had been unable because cell service and the internet connection had been disrupted after Russian tro- troops seized the Ukrainian city of uh, Melitopol. Nonetheless, his sister, uh, Alessia Griffith, told NBC5 that she was happy and relieved to hear that her brother was released. Pastor Otis Gillespie of Open Door Church in uh, Burleson, Texas, a longtime friend of the Badu family, told the outlet that uh, he had faith that Dimitri would be released due to the power of prayer. And I quote, I really feel like prayers make the, make the difference. It's made the difference in this case, Gillespie said. You can't meet him and not like him. I feel like he captured those who captured him. I love that statement. He captured those mm. who captured him. That's what Jesus does. He also shared that Dimitri will continue continue ministering to his congregation regardless of the uh, surrounding military conflict. And I quote, he won't leave his flock, his people, the Texas pastor said he feels a mandate from God to do what God has told him to do, no matter what is happening around him. So this is a great story. And again, a pastor doing what he's called to do, seeing God's faithfulness. We don't always get released. He got released. He got released. He's continuing on. And so God showed himself faithfulness. Prayer does make a difference. Speaking of doing what God's called him to do, I think, didn't I read Franklin Graham is going over to the Ukraine and uh, having an Easter service over there? You know, I know they're in Ukraine doing doing works. I didn't. I hadn't heard about the Easter service. Greg, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know why I hadn't heard about yeah. that, but I haven't. Uh, but but yes, that would be. I would could see them ha- doing that and celebrating over there. We know that Samaritan's Purse is very involved, but it also brings up our Easter service here yeah. in Knoxville, Calvary Chapel. We're going to be meeting down at the Civic Auditorium. Okay, on April 17th, we're going to be meeting there from 10.30 to 12. Special guest, uh, Terry Clark, who is not the not the country singer Terry Clark. I have to say that for our new listeners, but this is a worship leader of many, many years for many, many, not only Calvary Chapel, but the Promise Keepers movement, a tremendous worship leader. Uh, we're going to be gathering down there from 10.30 to 12. We're going to have a great time of worship. We're going to be presenting hope that we have. And again, this hope we have in Jesus Christ, how we should be rejoicing, hopefully giving up maybe a, a spiritual epidural to those of you that may be worried or concerned about some of the control attractions the world's going through we'll let the holy spirit minister to you preach the gospel we want to invite if you don't have a home church uh, if you don't have any church we'd love to invite you if you're listening and you're not a believer and you want to hear what the gospel message is yeah. we're going to be giving the gospel message celebrating the resurrection as believers but also giving an opportunity for those who don't know the lord to come to the lord and we'd love to see you join us down there here on april 17th at 10 30 yeah parking is free by the way so yes there's no cost there yes and if, and if you know someone who is hopeless who's truly hopeless absolutely you, know, you, you don't have to spend very much time watching the commercials on tv or listening to radio and hearing all the ads regarding mental health. That's right. <sighs> and that's a result of the lockdown of everything that's been going on in the last few years in yeah. causing people not to have hope. It is a loss of hope. You know, if there's, if there's no hope, Greg, there's no reason to live. And, yep. and it causes people now we're seeing suicides again. Absolutely. The rates are jumping off the charts. People losing hope. I want you to know something. You have hopes because Jesus Christ has risen yeah. from the dead. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to encourage you right now. Call out to the Lord just where you are right now. 
Say, Lord, I believe that you died for me on the cross and, and ask his forgiveness. He will fill you with that hope. He will give you the hope that you need. And we're going to be talking about that. You can get it now. So don't wait. But we're going to be talking about that hope and we're going to be celebrating. We're not going to be down and hopeless. We're going to talk about the hope yeah. we have because he's alive and we have a future with him forever in the kingdom of God. We'd love you to join us and glad you joined us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Folks, don't forget our website, thewaymedia.net, where you can get all things signs of the times related. Ask those prophecy questions to Pastor Mark and you can check out our other content there. Come to the table, our 24-hour radio station, WIAM, and the ever-growing media library of Calvary Knoxville and watch and listen to Pastor Mark's teachings from the pulpit every Sunday and Wednesday. We'll be back next Friday for more Signs of the Times. reliable, dependable, unchangeable. He is love, kindness, and compassion. He forgives in his mercy and grace. God rescues, protects, defends. He guides, comforts, leads. He created all, is overall, sacrificed for all. God is stronger, wiser, richer. He cares, connects, inspires. He is the author of truth, designer of earth, and architect of faith. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. dark for the light traded all my blindness for sight traded all my pain for the gain got a key to the gate and a seat at your table yeah i look up and i can see you got me where i wanna be